This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Guys, uh, I am two episodes in. I'm, ju- I'm almost done with the second episode of the three-episode series, House of Hammer on Discovery+. Plus. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. Hoof. So here's the this is like the first thing I will say about House of Hammer. And then I'm here to to answer any and all questions or take any deep dives or uh jaunts that we need to take. Here's what I know immediately about House of Hammer from the first two episodes. There are four distinct things happening simultaneously. Wow, four. Okay, that's I a know. Lot. It is a lot. And, and this is why I'm going to just say right off the bat that Discovery Plus has done this expertly. Because there's a lot to unpack in this Army, Ham- in this Army Hammer kind of origin story. Like, So here, there's four things happening. The first thing is this. There's the story of what Army Hammer did to the victims, the women that he victimized. And there are interviews with them directly mm-hmm. talking about that. Yeah, There is a story of how the media handled or rather mishandled the scandal or what went sideways that made it so that we weren't getting all the parts, the essential parts of the story. There is another story about how uh, his who his family is mm-hmm. and the lineage that led to the sort of creation of Army Hammer as he is in society. Mm-hmm. And then there's another story about how social media has brought people together to help tell this story mm. and get the important parts of this story out there. And Discovery Plus has done this amazingly. Oh, good. So, Where would you like to start? So there's three episodes, you're two in, so you yep. think it's worth watching, because this is one of the things I was planning on loading on my iPad for vacay. Okay, so it's definitely worth watching. It is worse. Uh, it is more... What? How do I say this? Uh, it is... It is more disgusting, traumatic, uh, horrible than you think. And actually, that points to the piece about how the media sort of accidentally mishandled this. Okay, tell me what you mean by that. Well, it's not necessarily that the media mishandled it. It's that what happened is um, through, uh, through a social media account... The some texts were released. This is kind of how the story broke mm-hmm. about Army Hammer victimizing yeah, I this women. Is the cannibal stuff. Yes, but see, that's actually the point. Okay, is that the media grabbed onto the cannibal piece mm-hmm. and put that out in the fore because that is the most scandalous salacious. and salacious piece. Yeah, but while everybody was, you know, going after the cannibal piece of it. There were other, there were all kinds of texts and, uh, in, interactions and exchanges between Army Hammer and these women who he was victimizing that were telling a darker, deeper, darker story about the assaults that they were, had 
uh, experienced at his hands. The cannibal piece was the piece that everybody wanted to talk about because he said basically like things like, I would like to take a bite of you yeah. or I would like you to cut off a piece of your skin and I will prepare I mean, it's it. It's understandable I mean, why the media, given the fact that there are so many other things going on in the world, might just present it an opportunity to tell this story, pick that topic. Absolutely. Like It's not every day that an A-list celebrity is accused of wanting to eat the flesh of his, uh, you know, yes, other the- the ladies, yeah. the the women that he is uh, exactly you know, so involved I in. With. I, I'm not surprised that the media focused on that. But you're saying that we we learn a, a perhaps deeper tale. Yeah, you miss a lot of the the actual story and how. Because at the end of the day, when you think about Army Hammer, and now there's an open investigation. Gloria Allred is representing one of his victims. Um, you think, okay, well, what are they? What are they investigating? That he's a cannibal? No, that's not actually what they're investigating. Actual assault. It's actual assault, and it's under the, it's under his definition of BDSM. But as Gloria Allred points out in this House of Hammer, uh, in this series, BDSM is the, when when a person engages in BDSM, there is an ongoing consent that is happening. And at any point when that consent goes away, then the whole thing is done. Um, if that consent is not obeyed and respected, then it turns to assault yeah. or rape. And that is where he crosses the line, is that he has a tendency to um, talk women into doing things and then do them without getting consistent and ongoing consent. From them, and the you will hear from at least two women who engaged in acts with Army Hammer against their will. So essentially, were raped or assaulted by him. Okay, um, and it's 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 worse than you even think. So, and that's based on these two women's accounts. Did they like at all attempt to like? Did they contact him? Did he? Ref- I mean, I don't expect that he probably was like, "Hey, I'll be a part of this fun thing." I will say that in the first two episodes, there's no mention of that. But the person that they do connect with is his aunt, um, the sister of his father, Michael Hammer. Uh, her name is. Hold on, I got to get her name in front of me because I have already forgotten. Casey. She um, she tells the story of the lineage of the Hammer family and how this sort of um, that the Hammer men essentially treated women like they were nothing, yeah. that they were another thing to conquer. Yeah. Um, his great grandfather was uh, an oil magnate and like he the Armand Hammer that he's named after and he held a certain type of power over women in his life. Army Hammer's grandfather uh, was, um, I mean, there are, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack. There's a murder involved. There are um, sex parties with bowls of cocaine where young women were being victimized um, and their children were present, meaning Army Hammer's father and his aunt were Mm. present there's just a whole kind of lineage, a succession of 
victimizing women in certain ways. And so when you get to Army Hammer, you see kind of where the seeds have been planted all along. So you said that um, you you feel like this was like a good, well, I don't know what the word, like how to describe this, because like, this is a great piece of television. It doesn't right. sound like it's great. It sounds like uh, it's terrible. It's disgusting. But um, you're saying that they did a great job with the story. Or they're doing a good job with the storytelling. Yes, or what what draws you to this that, you know, otherwise there, sounds vile? There's so many. <laughs> yeah, it is vile. There's so many things going on and it will put into perspective a different understanding of who Army Hammer is and why it, this is a big deal. Um, you will learn about you will learn things that you'd maybe didn't know about BDSM. You will, um, you will hear more about his history and lineage. You will see how social media can connect people in a way that sort of amplifies voices. You will see how the common person with a TikTok account can land on a story and help amplify it in a way that actually gets it attention there's a lot of threads that they pull together really expertly and tell in this okay. seamless story. But trigger warning, like for days. Okay. Like so many trigger warnings in this thing. And there's still one piece to go. Like you haven't finished it or it hasn't aired yet? It, I haven't finished it yet. So they're all so available? There's, there are, uh, there's three available on Discovery+. Plus. It is, if if you are at all interested in this story, it's oh, worth, sure. it's terrible. But it's worth tuning in. Um, and I, and frankly, I will say, for me, it feels important to hear the women tell the story. And you will get that. At least you will get that from uh, two or three of the women. Um, and you will hear Gloria Allred kind of help bring the legal eye to it. Oh, You'll sure. also take note that the, uh, the counsel that Army Hammer hired is a, is a firm that typically has worked with people like... Bill Cosby um, and other other people who've been accused of sexual yeah, assault. Not surprising. Yeah. Because he's being accused of the same behavior. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so you'll but it it's good. It's worth it. All right. Discovery Plus and it's called the House of Hammer. House of Hammer. Oh, um, and I will look forward <laughs> to hearing what you guys think. Of Fabulous. It. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, a palate cleanser, another heir to a billion dollar fortune, Tori Spelling. We'll check in with her when we come back Boy, after she this. Any of that money. That's true on my talk 1071. Hey guys, Bradley here for my friends at the Snyder team. Jennifer, Bob, the whole Snyder team with EXP Realty want you to get to know them, especially if you're buying or selling a home or you're interested in one of those things. I want you, though, in the meantime, to remember just three words as relates to Jennifer, Bob, and the whole Snyder team. Honesty, integrity, and experience. These are the most important things you need to hear when you're choosing a realtor. And I will tell you that the Snyder team has 14 qualified agents they have been around for over 25 years, focusing mostly on the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. And I've talked to them um, individually, and I know that each one of them has a particular area of the metro or uh, western Wisconsin that they focus on, which has allowed them to help over 3,000 families in those 25 years find a new home or sell the home so that they can move on to the next chapter of their life. And speaking of which, uh, Snyder Team wants to be your agents for life. Head to the SnyderTeam.com today. Tell them Bradley sent you. 
Well, we haven't heard much from Tori Spelling recently on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And yet, she will not be silenced. No, in <laughs> fact, she's talking. But wait a second. There's an article in People magazine with the headline, Tori Spelling reveals why why co-parenting works with Dean McDermott. You need both worlds. Tori Spelling opened up about her, how her five children benefit from the pair's different parenting strategies. Um, what? Okay. What? The wait, last I thought we- that she was wearing a blazer and yelling at a lawyer. On the phone recently. Well, she remember it was her legal pad that said right. call lawyer, right? right? And she was out and about legaling. And for, I don't know, the better part of a year, we kept seeing these headlines about Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott being on the outs. And it was only a matter of time, even when it wasn't uh, before they were going to get divorced. Like, she was always ready to leave him. And then she would, like, uh, th- there was just all this theatrics about their relationship having problems. And then all of a sudden, I was like, um, wait a minute. Uh, I guess we haven't heard a lot from her lately. And here's a headline about how she loves parenting with Dean McDermott. And then I'm reading on like, okay, so maybe they just want to like clean the slate and they're like, we're moving on. But it just goes on to say like the actress and host of 90210 MG says that her experience juggling tough subjects as a working mom has made her grateful for the partnership between herself and husband Dean McDermott. Co-parenting, Dean and I definitely have different parenting strategies. I'm the kind of the feelings mom, and he's more procedural. And she goes on... Like his television show. I mean... (laughs) That he shoots in Canada. That he shoots in Canada. Um... And and I'm reading and I'm like, but this is like flying in the face of the narrative that they're supposed to be like five seconds away from getting divorced, yeah. right? Well, and then, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Speaking with people about her experience as a migraine sufferer and her partnership with Nurtech ODT. Oh, hi. Oh, okay, hi. so Tori Spelling got a deal with this prescription mm-hmm. drug. So she's willing to change her tune on her relationship real quick when the check's in the mail. I mean, wow. it, could it be more obvious? Look, I ain't got no truck with, like, she wants to have a partnership with Nurtech OTD. I mean, get Or it. ODT, sorry, I got my letters mixed Over, up. Oh. But, like... Did you have to like screw with the whole narrative that you've been spending all this time trying to get us to buy for the last year? Well, and like, did you think that we would forget? Now, she did use some strategic language in that statement regarding her relationship with Dean McDermott co parenting. Co parenting. Yeah. Which. I feel like that is a phrase that is used when parents are divorced or or not, you know, yeah. yeah, not in a good space together. Well, yeah, sure, but then you read the story and it's just talking about how they do things how as a family. They do things as a family and a partnership. Yeah. So, yeah, uh anyway, um she told people she prefers to uh, it's just, it's all crap. I mean, let's be clear. <laughs> it <laughs> so is kind She's of... talking about her experience with migraines, which, again, I have no issues with. She's talking about how this drug saved her life. Because I think, isn't this the same one that Chloe... Is this the one that Chloe Probably. worked with? That, here, let me look that up. But you're right. Chloe did work with a migraine medication as well. Yeah. Um, but again, she just talks about her, you know, relationship with her husband and how like everything's hunky-dory i don't know it just seems a little nerd like, tech odt 
Chloe Kardashian. Yeah, there you go. You know, that's it. Th- I wonder okay. if that's where the deal came from. I wonder if Chloe was, or well, uh, they Tori look was exactly like, <laughs> well, we, we'll get the knockoff, Chloe. We got budget cuts this yeah. year. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, Gosh, knockoff. We'll get the Chloe. designer imposter. <laughs> but honestly. Would that it were that Tori Spelling be considered the knockoff Chloe Kardashian? I mean, I do. Okay. Uh, there's so much happening here that I want to comment on. But one of the things I that I just recently realized I want to comment on is this is such an interesting strategy on behalf of the. Um, the drug company to be like, we got to get celebrities to endorse our migraine medication, right? Like I get it. They do that. Sally field did Boniva. Um, well, we I, had a woman in our studio do the very same thing. That's true. It happens all the time. Vicky Lawrence. Um, it does happen all the time. It's, I, I don't know. I just, this, I, I did not expect to open up, people.com today and see Tori Spelling trying to tell me about her migraine medication. But yet, here yeah, again, we are. I, I, like, I guess I'm not surprised at that. I'm just surprised that, like, Tori, honey, could you not have, like, worked in a strategy that was like, Dean McDermott drives me up a wall. He gives, he gives me, me migraines, migraines constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, I mean, at least stick to the narrative. Otherwise, what was all that work for for the last year? Right. What was the whole point of that? Allegedly, supposedly, as we have postulated at the time, or had postulated at the time, and it seems like as good a reason as any, is that the reason they were pumping all these headlines about their relationship being up in the air was that she was trying to get a reality show deal. So obviously that plan fell through because, of course, a reality show, you know, if you can take it to a network or not a network, a production company or somebody like, look at all this drama and all these headlines that we're getting. You guys want this story. You want to tell it as a reality show. Right. So like either that just didn't pan out or she just literally has the worst strategy firm behind her. I don't even know if she's got a firm behind her. I think she's just like flying to uh, figuring out where whoever's going to pay her. Yeah, and she's like Whatever ready she's doing, to cash it that ain't check. Working. Although it, it it did in terms of the check she ca- cashed for Nurtech ODT. Well, because I've now said that about eight times yeah, in this segment. So congrats. You're welcome. You Where's my coverage. check? When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We call them Demons. after this on My Talk 1071. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hello. And we have a name for them, and that name is G-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Uh my D-Bag is the Daily Mail slash Omid Scobie. Remember him? Oh yeah. He's like the, he's the reporter, the, the royal reporter. Yeah, he's, well, he's a royal reporter who allegedly has the inside uh, connection to Harry and Meghan. Yes. And so there's this story over in um, the Daily Mail where it says, and this is just this constant attempt to like bring up all this drama about Harry and Meghan and William and Kate, and I don't care, but... What I care about more is this drama that, to me, seems rather fake, and it 
intended to get a bunch of clicks. Here's the headline. Royal brothers are half a mile away, but more divided than ever. Omid Scobie reveals Meghan and Harry still haven't spoken to William and Kate, despite them both staying in Windsor, because they want the Cambridges to take accountability for crossing a line. Now, essentially, this is like uh, Meghan and Harry. I always want to say Mary and Hagen. Hagen and Mary. (laughs) Mary and Hagen. Harry and Meghan allegedly supposedly are like the bitchy drama filled ones that show up and are constantly trying to like stick it to William and Kate who are just the bee's knees and trying to do the right Right. thing because they're the future of the monarchy. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like they're the good kids. Sussexes are the bad kids. But what's weird about this story. So then you, you read the story. So this Omid Scobie, who I thought was on the side of Harry and Meghan, is saying that they haven't spoken in over a year. And, you know, they're over there because of their they're doing this like they're doing a bunch of stuff over there. That is uh, Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. And um, they're staying at the, you know, in Windsor Castle. They're staying in those grace and favor apartment uh, or cottages or whatever it is. And um, despite the fact that they haven't seen each other, they're still not talking. And it's because, uh, despite that, they're trying to make a point that they think William and Kate crossed a line and need to take accountability for crossing the line. Because you'll remember there was this, like, there's this whole thing about them being shunned and then Kate being rude to Megan or made her cry. Yeah, somebody made somebody cry. Yeah, well, it was Kate that allegedly, supposedly made Megan cry. Um, But what I don't understand about this story, so I understand that the Daily Mail just wants to make you think there's drama. But I thought Omid Scobie was on Harry and Megan's side, and this just makes them sound super petty. That they're like, despite the fact that you're letting us stay on the grounds, we're not talking to you because you owe us because Because you need to apologize. Yeah. Mr. Scobie, let me just quickly add and then feel free. Uh, Mr. Scobie claims that Harry believes that William is guilty of turning his back when support was needed, while William is still waiting for his young brother to say sorry for Megxit. That is, of course, the thing that they call them leaving. I feel like that still is on team Megan. Nope. Megan and Harry, sorry. Now I'm thinking, I'm saying Hagen and Mary. Megan and Harry. I still feel like you can build a case for that is a Harry and Megan supporting statement. But you're right, it does sound petty. So it's almost like there's a lack of awareness of how petty that sounds. But it does sound like they're holding off or like holding out for other people to recognize their part. Especially if you think that Omid Scobie allegedly, supposedly has a direct line to Harry and Meghan. Now, the one thing I will say about that, though, is he might be doing this on his own because one of the rumors is that he was sort of, like, put out to pasture. They, like, they didn't need him anymore. So he's trying to find a way back And so he's trying to, like, put some publicity in there. But I'm like, dude, if that's what you're trying to do, you're not doing it well Mm because this makes them sound petty. It does. You know, like, uh, they need to come to us. Right. Which, if any of this is true, again, I don't pretend to know what the truth is. I do know that families have drama, so I'm not, I'm not entirely, un, I'm not entirely unwilling to admit that there could be drama. Sure, but I think the majority of this is just about posturing for the public and the British tabloid media, which is trash. 
Um, so it, so it's like, I get that it could be possible, but this just doesn't seem to help anyone. So I don't know what the point of it is, which is why, other than to make everyone look bad, which I'm, you know, totally here for the Daily Mail doing, because that's what they do. Right. And it's almost like, to your point, that Omid Scobie is, now I'm afraid of everybody's name, Omid Scobie is leaning into the tabloid drama yeah, you know, to posture for himself. Well, they're even showing maps of like how their their homes are seven hundred yards apart. You know, and they're it's an Harry icy, and Meghan are it's at Frogmore, seven hundred yards. The Cambridges are in their new four bedroom Adelaide cottage. I mean, it's just it's it's so petty. And also, I would just like to remind you that these petty people are also disgustingly wealthy. Oh, they're fine. Yeah, they have nothing, yes. nothing whatsoever to be drama filled about really truly nothing and they're and they're you know paving their own way to success here in the united states so it's not like yeah but that i see 700 yards oof listen i'm gonna say the same thing i've said about uh britney spears we don't need to know about all this figure it out yeah you don't need to bring all of your drama to Instagram. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're good. Thank you. Who's your D-bag? Kim Kardashian. Oh, butt lady. What's butt lady up to? <laughs> well, so, you know, she, I don't know if you know this. She was on the cover of Interview Magazine. Yeah, her butt was. Yeah. Uh, she her, showed her entire booty. Her back was on the front. Yeah, her back was on the front. Um, and she is, <laughs> she wants us to know about what her actual position is on climate change. Oh, great. Because as you know, Bradley, she was uh, called to the carpet because of her use of her private jet. Yep, true. And she was asked about that, and this is what she had to say. Quote, oh, there's so much. I just want you to react authentically to her words. I believe in climate change, and I believe that anything can help. But I also believe in being realistic, and I think sometimes there's so much to worry about on this planet, and it can be really scary to live your life with anxiety. I do what I can, but you have to pick and choose what really works for you in your life. (laughs) So I'm going to do paper straws, but not... (laughs) But not, um, you know, travel coach. I'm keeping the private jet. Right? And she wants you to know no one's going to be 100% perfect. I, okay. Can we just start with the first statement? So patronizing and this drives me. This is a thing that drives me crazy. She says, she starts with, I believe in climate change, like it's flipping Santa Claus. It's science, you guys. Climate change is a yeah, thing. It, it's not a. It's not a like belief system. No, it, it is just, a factual a experience. That's you know, it's a term that describes actual science that's been done in the name of the term. People mm-hmm. like to get real animated about the term because they think it's a philosophical belief system. It's not. Which um, that's not what this is about. But okay, at all. So like, so I just I want to start taking issue right there. I believe in climate change. That's like saying, I believe Great. in water. Right. I believe Great. in the flying spaghetti monster. Good. Let's check in tomorrow, see if you still do. I believe in electricity. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, and I believe that anything can help. Okay. Okay. Great. But I also believe in being realistic. And frankly, now if I may just fill in blanks there, 
frankly, for me, Kim Kardashian, it's not, it's not realistic, realistic for me to coach. yeah not have my own jet. What do you think I am? Remember right? when like, celebrities used drive to drive f- somewhere, used to fly on planes with the rest of us, right? Yeah, and honestly, but it's a dangerous world out there. Yeah. Many still do, you know. So I don't want. I mean, less so when it comes to A-list celebrities, That's I will true. say. Although Jennifer Garner was flying. <laughs> you know it because you saw her at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, Zewatsi, she said she believes in being realistic. And again, to just fill in the blank, it's not realistic to expect her to drive when she can take a 17-minute flight on her private jet. Yeah, and burn more carbon than any of us could save by using plastic straw right. or paper straws for the rest of our life. So, right. Yeah, nice she try. does say, she, I forgot to share this piece, she loves learning from her super climate change involved friends. Okay. I do what I can, but you have to pick and choose what really works for you in your life. No one's going to be 100% perfect. Okay. Can I um I can I yeah. share with you quickly Panda Please. sent us a tweet. Can we contrast Kim Kardashian with the Queen Lizzo? She posted a video recently traveling commercial like a normal mm-hmm. person. I mean, that would be crazy. Can you imagine just like turning around and Lizzo's there? I yes, I can imagine. It would just be And I like the way it feels. Kind of awesome. <laughs> By the way, Lizzo understands that climate change isn't just a belief. Yeah. It's a reality. I don't, I don't, she is so out of touch. I don't understand. Yes. Yes. Kim Kardashian is so out of touch that I, she just has no clue. It's one of those people where you're just like, God, you know, God love them because she's just never going to understand. Right. No one is going to be able to explain to her in a way that. I mean, she just can't. She's, Mm -hmm. she is. Unless she goes on like a TV, like we need a TV show kind of wife swappy. Where they just have to like go through our lives. I think we talked about this at one point. You in, said something about it at the of, fair, but I wasn't sure what the context was. Oh, I don't remember. But I do remember we talked about it with Lindsay Lohan at some point. Like, girl, just come and like hang. You know, I want to swip swap lives swip with swap. with all kinds of celebrities just so that they but can see what But not even my life, because like. I don't think my... Like, like I think that there are so many other lives oh, that would sure. be far more representative of, you know, like the average human on planet Earth. And I just wish that Kim Kardashian... Because I, I imagine I'm out of touch many days of the week when it comes to the things I... Uh, biatch and moan about but well and that's what I was gonna say Kim Kardashian is like your friend and we all have this friend where you realize that they are not aware of a blind spot and you're just like oh yeah, yeah. well and let's be fair for her it's not a blind spot it's because true. you're walk- she's walking around in a world where nobody like does anybody have to be in touch with the real world not as in it Calabasas. is no I mean they literally have a gate yeah like to keep, to keep the riffraff out. out. Hmm. Like what? It's so so bizarre to me. And then the, we we will walk away being having been shamed at some point from a Kardashian a thousand for, percent for trying to point out they, that they are out of touch. And and what is what is Khloe Kardashian's favorite statement to say? You guys don't understand. You're right. We don't. 
Like yeah, a, I would like to. Yeah. Could you please send me a check for the requisite amount of money to, to understand, understand what it must be like to, to live in your terrible, how horrible many, world? How many zeros does understanding include? <laughs> yeah. Some commas are in there. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, just when we thought maybe we were going to get like a little break and things were going to be on the upswing for Brangelina. Brangelina. Turns out. Nope. We were wrong. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you why after this on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hello. Hello. And uh, just when we thought that maybe Brangelina were going to calm down, simmer down, turns out, nope. Yeah, it's only been like what six years since they parted, right? Still talking about we it. and and the drama is still alive and kicking. Yeah, just when you thought things were getting better, oh wait, we didn't think that, but still, it's getting worse. At least that's according to a new lawsuit okay, that was just filed. I'm confused because how many lawsuits? Are There's we working with? There's a lot. Okay, so today's lawsuit is brought to you by a company founded by Angelina Jolie, who filed a jaw-dropping $250 million lawsuit against Brad Pitt, claiming... Okay. What? That is pretend money. I mean, not when you're super I rich, guess I guess. Not. Uh, a company founded by Angelina Jolie... Uh, filed this lawsuit claiming that Brad Pitt and a gang of cronies oh. sounds so so dastardly launched a devious campaign to seize control of their French winery that they bought as a couple, and he did it in retaliation for the divorce and the custody proceedings that that bitch Angelina. I just whoa, added the bitch okay, part. because that's how the media portrays her, right? Um, right. That uh, to ensure that that lady would never see a dime of its vast profits. So this is the telling of the tale as told to us by page six. Again, that these two are still at each other's throats. Now, the suit also claims that Brad Pitt tried to use uh, her big uh, financial stake in the winery to force her to sign a hush-hush clause. I don't know what that is. But that would silence her from discussing the things that led to the divorce. So essentially saying, like, he was holding her truth hostage uh, with the ransom of her stake in the winery. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like, he didn't want the the truth is out there, and he didn't Mm -hmm. want the truth to be out there. Mm -hmm. And so he was Mm -hmm. leveraging her share in the winery for her silence. Can we... (laughs) Exactly. Uh, the truth is out there. But here's the thing. I think, and I hate to do this uh, lately. You hate to do this lately. I, I can't think of the right adverb. But um, I hate to do this after the fact. But can we do get the Cobra Gang together? Oh, because shit. I'm still confused about what any of this means. Okay. Whenever okay. there's trouble, we're there on the double. We're the Cobra Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're the I'm confused because this company that was founded by Angelina Jolie, I'm a confused. I'm a confused. I'm a confused confused by this Italian thing that's not Italian. It's French. Uh, Because she sold her interest in the winery to Stoli. What was that? I have no idea. I'm listening to you. That was my phone. It just started dinging out of nowhere. Must have been Angelina Jolie. <laughs> that dastardly woman. Anyway, so I'm confused. This firm, 
and like all of these things because I thought we'd moved past this in that Angelina sold her yep. interest in the winery to the Stoli, Stoli guy. And Stoli was like, uh, you yeah, know, uh, we're not like Miraval's largest competitor. It's fine. And that was a point of contention between the two of them. But what this suit says is that Brad Pitt tried to outmaneuver her uh by like essentially holding her financial stake in this winery hostage but i'm like but didn't she didn't have a financial stake right because she sold it but why did she have this company and why is the company suing and not her do you see what i'm saying so let yeah, me i'm super confused and i, I feel like really quickly before yeah, yeah, you yeah. go any further yeah is there a step that we're missing in there mm. too because i feel like after she stole nope sold to stoli <laughs> sold to stoli stole after she sold to Stoli, I thought that he there was a that he filed a suit against her for right because well he filed a suit because he didn't want the sale of Stoli to go through because he was supposed to have approved any yes, sale yes. of her shares. But yes, but yes, and yes, also too. So then I I US read. Americans. I, I read on further, and I hope you, audience, are as confused as we are. Yes. But I'll go on to give you some more detail, and I don't know if this will help us in any way, but the... the it can't hurt. Right? The court papers that were filed in L.A. on Tuesday claim that the two of them bought the estate in 2008, mm-hmm. jointly invested tens of millions of dollars, but then... Um, and so that they each owned 50%. Now, this is where it gets confusing. Quote, a compli- they each owned 50% of a complicated web of holding companies... And that much of Jolie's wealth was tied up in the winery. It says the pair had an agreement that Jolie would oversee humanitarian projects, including the Jolie Pitt Foundation, basically while Brad would um, manage the winery. And that in turn... Seems like a great strategy. In turn, he was like maneuvering to screw her out of her winery money. And what this also goes on to say is that this this investment has her money in it in a way that like he was able to control like her future wealth Oof. Um, by managing this company so what i mean by that is like you can see where she was particularly put out by the winery business because that was so much a part of her own personal wealth right. so, so the what sale that sounds to me is like she made a bad deal and now she wants to wiggle out of it yeah. On the back end. Well, and th- now the company, I will say, is called Nouvelle. This is the company that she founded to retain her stake in the winery. But I don't know what that means because she recently sold that to Stoli. So I think this might be a case of Nouvelle saying when we sold it to Stoli, Brad had mismanaged it. And that's in part perhaps why we had to sell. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like this lawsuit is about something that doesn't exist anymore. But it's like retroactive because this Nouvelle company doesn't own the winery anymore and doesn't have a stake in it because they sold to Stoli. But they're saying that Brad Pitt essentially tried to screw her out of any money. Let me shortcut this okay. um, for they're everybody. They're still fighting. Mo money, mo problems. Yeah. That's the summary of these two. Yeah. Also messy. Also, they're filing new lawsuits. I can't. 
When we return on the Colleen and I can't. What's your nerd blind spot? Like, what are you so geeky about that you will forgive just about anything? 651 641 1071.